Hello, 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 everybody. It is your host, Tali Michelle. I'm back. So I know it has been a, a few, a couple, a few, yeah, a couple weeks uh, since the last drop of the podcast. I've been pretty busy. Um, life has just been lifing for me, for real. I just wanted, um, and I needed a little break. I have a lot going on between um, school, which is full time, and then I try to fit my podcast in in between. I think going forward for season two, I'm a, as I did before, write out all of the subjects that I want to get my cast together as far as guests, and then from there, pre-record and then drop everything at one time so people can listen to it at, at their own um, leisure so that I'm not trying to um, get these recorded weekly with life happening with me. So um, I apologize to you guys if you're waiting. I know people have reached out to me, girl, don't let it fall behind. And I'm like, I'm really not letting it fall behind. But, you know, life happens and that's that. You know, you roll with the, the punches, you roll with the bumps in the road and you get through it. And that's what I'm doing. So um, not that it's been anything horrible or bad to that extent, but, you know, it's just... Um, it's just been life. So I am coming to you guys today. Um, I had asked some babe, asked babe the other day. I said, what should I do my podcast about? And I remember I told you I brought out everything that I wanted for, for this season. However, um, some things got kind of changed around. So there's one episode that I had posted that I was going to do with my sister's childhood memories. We're still doing that. We just have to have time to get together because everybody works. Everybody's doing something. And it is we live in different states. So um, I'm in Georgia and they're in Missouri. And with that being said, um, my one sister that has a, a tattoo shop and she works. My other sister, she works. And um, we just have a lot, you know. And so having to find the time to get together. It takes a bit. Um, we are going to definitely do that because it is uh, something that I want to do. And let me let me just put this out here. I do have three. Actually, I have more than three sisters. But the ones that will be on the podcast, um, three of them live in Missouri. And uh, actually, I'm going to go with four because there's going to be an extra person on there. We consider her a sister as well. But she lives in Missouri. And I am the only one of us all that, live here, that lives here in Georgia. So um, I just have to get together with all of them and figure out schedules for us to get it done so that is still coming but uh, that was supposed to be episode 12 13 you guys I'm talking to you and I honestly do not know but I want to say it is supposed to be episode 13 I'm gonna say that it's episode 13 the next one is 14 um and that is something that I do want to keep on the ropes. It'll probably be episode number 15. And then there's one more after that to conclude the season. Maybe I might take it to 20 episodes for one season and then start on season two. However, um, because that kind of got pushed out the way, the next one was love languages. And then there are, um, there was I have three more written out. I didn't know if I wanted to put it on this season, but I think I'm going to. And then I'll add a few more. Uh, So with that being said, Love Languages was number uh, was supposed to be episode number 13 or episode 14. Um, but it's going to be episode 14. I've added in one because as I was thinking, um, probably about I want to say around Christmas, I had 
was at my, as I was at my mother's house for Christmas and um right before leaving for Christmas, I was speaking to a woman who was going to go see a nature and a naturopathic physician. And she was telling me her story along with her sister's story. And it was interesting to me because of the fact that um, I have and suffer have been have suffered with a hormonal disorder since I was diagnosed when I was like 20 years old, 2021. 20, and as life has progressed, I have my other sisters that I did grow up with and they also have hormonal disorders as well. So I thought it was interesting because um, when you go on Facebook and you, you're on things like Instagram, you see, I know that there are algorithms and sometimes I feel like they listen to you on your phone call. So sometimes when I open up my Instagram and whatever I just talked on the phone with somebody about comes up on a feed and I'd be like, um, yeah, they listen to the phone calls. But nonetheless, you know, I see it all the time. Right. And then I had had someone request to add me on Facebook, a couple, a couple people. I don't even know where they came from. I don't typically add people like that. But after seeing some of the things they posted, they also had hormonal, hormonal disorder. So when the lady called me and she was talking to me about her issue, I thought to myself, it's really odd that there are so many women who suffer from some type of hormonal disorder, whether it be um, a thyroid issue, it be endometriosis, um, it be PCOS, which is what I suffer from. There are so many different hormonal imbalances that cause issues with women and, um, there are a lot of side effects for having these hormonal imbalances. And so I thought it was interesting um, when I asked him, babe, I said, what should I talk about? He said, well, talk about whatever is going on in your life right now, whatever is authentic to you, whatever is real in your world right now, put that out there. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about that because although I, um, don't hesitate to talk about this with my sisters. Like when it comes to my sisters, when it comes to health, my mom, my family, I'm all on them. Like this vitamin, this supplement, this, 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 and that. So I don't have an issue with talking about it. However, um, it's, it's a topic that is not so much talked about. I say it a lot online, but it's not something that is discussed. My um, middle sister, Brooke, had posted maybe a couple, maybe a month or so ago, something about uh, PCOS and the trouble with it. And a lot of people had responded to the post and I thought to myself, damn, more people? So it was just like, it was an interesting topic, like to me, in my mind, thinking like, there are a lot of people who actually suffer from this that, you know, you wouldn't know unless you actually put yourself out there and someone familiarizes with your situation. So I wanted to talk about it. So here's my story. I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was 20, 21. Um, the only reason why I wanted to go and find a physician at the point in time when I did to find out that I had PCOS was because during high school, I had a boyfriend, Cedric, and um, when I lost my virginity uh, at the age of 17-ish, um, we did it a lot, right? But he was like, why are you not pregnant yet? Well, first of all, you know, everybody just don't go out here and just get pregnant. Everybody doesn't want to be pregnant, but it made me think like, hmm, I wonder why, but I didn't go to the doctor at that point. I still didn't. Um, when I got with 
my second boyfriend, I still wasn't interested, but I had gone to the doctor and, you know, um, he'd asked me, when was my last period? And I was like, mm, I don't know, probably three months ago. I don't know, you know, it wasn't a big deal to me. Like, I'm like, hey, I ain't got no period, hey, man, because I do not like having a period. Now, I have never suffered from cramps or anything of that nature, so it wasn't like I didn't want a period because I was having issues. It was just like, because I had gone into this phase at the point of, I probably started at like the age of uh, 18 when my period would come, every two to three months or something like that um and that would become regular for me so when i got to the doctor and i was at the age of 2021 20, and i was talking to him about it he was like that's not really normal now as much research as you do online you'll have somebody tell you that it is normal for a person to have a period once a year and you can still get pregnant if you think about pregnancy whatever there's a lot of different research out there a lot of different things that say having a period every month is not natural I'm not going to go into any of that because I have not studied any of that. I just know that for me, it was like, okay, period every month, boom, I'm not having it. So I told my doctor and he was like, okay, we're going to get that together. But before we did that, he decided to go ahead and check my ovaries um, and my, you know, reproduct reproductive system. So he did a vaginal ultrasound. Now today... The way that they determine you have PCOS is through a lot of blood work. Not just the fact that you're missing periods, but it's a lot of blood work. Um, I assume that the blood work has to do with figuring out what type of PCOS you have, right? Um, that is something that I did not go through when I was diagnosed because I was diagnosed in like 2003 or four, and well, 2002. And at that particular point in time, my physician did not do that. He just did a vaginal ultrasound. And when he saw the cyst or the buildup of the eggs in my ovaries, he knew that I had PCOS because they weren't, you know, it should have been empty or it should, you know, have had one or something like that. And it hadn't been released. And so he knew at that particular point in time that I did have it. So I didn't go through the same processes that they take you through nowadays if you're online and, um, you ask questions like, hey, what should I ask the doctor? What test should I ask for if I'm wanting to be, you know, if I want to find out about, you know, if I have PCOS, people will t give you a list of different tests. I didn't have that. That is something that, you know, over the course of time, it's, you know, grown and um, things have gotten more specific so that they can help people, I guess, work towards balancing their hormones, so forth and so on. Um, I just didn't have that when I was diagnosed. So uh, he saw the buildup of the eggs he decided to put me on a regimen now if you know anything about PCOS you know that PCOS is um polycystic ovarian syndrome so I'm going to give you just a little bit more of a background in regards to it just because a lot of people do not know anything about it and those who do know something about it you know they know what they need to know specific to themselves so um Polycystic ovary syndrome is a condition that affects a woman's hormone levels. Women with PCOS produce higher than normal amounts of male hormones, testosterone. This hormone imbalance causes their body to skip menstrual periods and makes it harder for them to get pregnant. Um, PCOS, because of the um, elevated levels of testosterone, causes hair growth on the face or body and baldness. Um, if you 
now let me say this it does have high levels of testosterone but not all men if you think if you look if you think about it you look at men not all men go through hair loss um they definitely have hair growth but not all men go through hair loss baldness um pcos can contribute to long-term health problems like diabetes and health and heart disease uh, birth control pills and diabetic drugs which combat insulin resistance a pcos symptom can help fix the hormone imbalance and improve symptoms now let me just put this out there as a disclaimer because i'm not a medical physician although being a nurse um, i'm not um a medical physician in that aspect however in all honesty um i'm one of the people who tell you all the time to advocate for yourself so not that you have to go get you a four to eight year degree to become a medical professional um you need to know what's best for you sometimes when you are dealing with doctors they do with western medicine and some and a lot of things are a guess they have to test you and test you and test you a lot of things are a guess so you're to me you're about as qualified as the the person who has the degree um when it comes to your own body not everybody else's but your own you should know your own body with that said there are different types of PCOS. So the basic description I just gave you, again, is, is really just basic. However, um, people have different symptoms. So, and then there's PCOS versus PCOD. And I don't know how many people know exactly what PCOD is. Um, so I'm going to kind of break that down because when I actually heard about PCOD, I um, was like, what the hell's the difference? Because it's still PCO, it's still polycystic ovary, a disease, you know what I'm saying? And so I just was kind of, um, I was kind of thrilled when I saw it. And when I was going through with all the updates to everything today, I was just like, they just keep making up stuff, right? But because, you know, I was just like, Every time I turn around, there's something brand new, you know, today. All I know is what I have, what I had, and I know that I know what I need to know as far as my body is concerned, right? So polycystic ovarian disease is what PCOD stands for. Um, it is a medical condition in which the, wom the woman's ovaries produce immature or partially mature eggs in large numbers. So, I suffered from PCOD, okay? But I also was diagnosed to have PCOS. So, I produced a large number of eggs that were partially developed. Um, that's what, what that is what filled up my ovary sac when he did the ultrasound and he saw that right um, but I also have certain symptoms that people who are diagnosed with PCOS have okay so I want to go through and just kind of give you guys some of the different inf some slight information so um, they have several different types of PCOS you have pill induced which is something brand new over the course of maybe the mm, I don't know maybe the past seven years or so that I just learned about. Um, I don't talk about that one because I didn't have any pill-induced anything because I didn't take medication before I was diagnosed. I didn't have to take anything, you know, so I don't even know much about that one. But um, inflammation is one type, insulin-resistant, adrenal fatigue, and hyperthyroidism. So 
these are the different types of PCOS. Now, what I learned as of the past couple years is that a person can have symptoms from each one of those different types. So oftentimes you'll see people say, what type of PCOS do you have? And I'm sitting here like, uh, I just have PCOS because I don't suffer from all the symptoms, right? I don't have, um, I have hair growth, but you know, I know a lot of women who have hair growth on their face. If you actually do a microscopic look at your face, everybody has hair all over their face, right? But what they're speaking about is people who end up having like beards or chest hair or something of that nature. I do not have that. I do have chin hairs that grow. Um, I have sideburns. I don't know if that's considered like a big thing or not because some people do and don't have it. Um, I used to grow hair on my legs. I don't grow hair on my legs anymore, which is kind of odd. Um, I have the regular hair growth under my arms and my private parts, but you know, it's just normal, normal for me. My hair is very thick and is very long. I have always had very thick and long hair until, I, you know, I had it cut when I was like 14 when my mom cut it all off, but I've always had very thick hair. I don't have like the balding and so forth and so on, right? So I don't have all the issues. I suffered from my period being off um, for those three years because I didn't, it didn't start until I was about 18, 17, 18-ish, and then when I went to the doctor to get diagnosed, that's when we began to fix the problem. And after that, I didn't miss a period. Now, what I would do is go for a longer length of time in between periods where the normal cycle would be. Um, so the normal cycle for a woman um, is 28 days is what they say. Regular cycles are no are are that are longer or shorter than twenty one to forty days um, are what they consider to be normal. Normal, but the average is twenty eight days, right? So I would have periods. One will come and be twenty eight days. Um, the next one might be thirty five, and then it go back third to twenty eight, and then maybe it go to forty. That's what I would have. Like I was, I would have the period after we decided on the, the treatment plan, but it would scatter. Not until after I had um, my son does my period literally come every 28 days no nothing less sometimes it'll actually come earlier than 28 days it'll come at 21 or 22 which I hate but you know they come right um so the treatment plan my doctor gave me when he diagnosed me was one we had to get rid of the eggs so and that's actually number two the first thing was to to regulate my cycle so he put me on a birth control pill that was higher in progesterone which is the hormone that we should produce as women um, more than the testosterone. So he put me on progesterone, um, a progesterone pill, birth control pill, and a water pill. Once my cycle had regulated at that particular point in time, he sent me to an endocrine physician who worked on the second part, which was getting my my eggs to release when they're supposed to. So the medication they gave me, they put me on, which a lot of people, if you are, you have these issues, you know, is metformin. Metformin is one of the worst drugs I've ever taken. And it was, this is a time where, um, I just, I, you know, even though I work in the medical field, I do not like medicine. I don't do Western medicine at all. I don't like taking pills. I just, I just don't. 
and I was on metformin, which is a very, very strong pill. I don't know if you guys have taken it, you can tell me, but metformin is strong as shit. Like, I got my first bottle of pills. The dosage is 1500 milligrams, 500 milligrams three times a day. I took the first pill and I took it with orange juice, right? Because first of all, I didn't have a coating on it. So it was literally a, a solid powder pill. And I knew if I put it in my mouth with, with water, I would taste it. And I don't like tasting pills, right? And it was a horse pill. I already have a hard time swallowing pills. It was difficult to swallow that pill. I took it with orange juice, right? I wanted it to slide down. I really should have took it with soda because for soap with soda, anything <laughs> that is a pill, and I put that soda in, it rises and it slides down smoothly. But I drank it with orange juice, right? What I didn't know is what it was supposed to do, right? So I didn't know the um, the purpose of metformin when. I took it, right? So, I drank it with orange juice, had me a little breakfast, and then probably about an hour to an hour and a half later, I ended up in the bathroom, y'all. It was so bad. Like, I was just spitting stuff out from my behind in the toilet for like 15 to 20 minutes, and I was so irritated. My stomach hurt so bad. It was cramping so bad. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I found out later on that I should have drank it or taken it with milk. I guess the milk helps coat the stomach. Well, at that particular point in time, I did drink milk at certain points, but I wasn't a milk drinker, right? So honestly, I wouldn't have even thought about drinking it with milk because I don't drink milk like that. So um, I also, after uh, a part of my breakfast that morning, after drinking it with, with orange juice, I had eaten some grapefruit. So what I was doing, I was doing... Um, what is that? It's like an Atkins diet, but it's not what it was called. Um, Slim for Life or something they had in Kansas City during that time, right? So my Slim for Life breakfast was some bacon, some eggs, and grapefruit because the grapefruit broke the fat up from the bacon, right? That's when I did eat pork. I ain't had pork in 14 years. <laughs> um, so I had the grapefruit too, right? So acid and acid, I, my, 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 my stomach was messed up and my butt was on fire. I literally was like, dude. So yeah, the medication was harsh on me. Um, however, I know it to be the same for a lot of people, but a lot of people cannot handle it. Um, I only got through taking that prescription probably for two days. What happened after two days, because I told you the purpose of the pill that he gave me when he gave it to me was for me um for it to regulate my cycle and my release of my eggs right so metformin improves um, menstrual cycle regularity and lowers um bmi testosterone and luteinizing hormone lh um in women with pcos uh, it's normal use is for people who have type 2 diabetes, right? But for people with PCOS, it helps to relieve insulin resistance to um, aid in to lowering the amount of blood sugar released into the bloodstream or produced um, improving insulin sensitivity, which decreases glu glucose production in your body and increases peripheral, peripheral glucose um, uptake and utilization, right? So it does all that. 
but the purpose of it given to me was to help regulate my cycle, which honestly is what the water pill and birth control did. However, if you've never taken an excess of progesterone, you won't know how sick it often makes you. Um, it used to keep me nauseated a lot. So I did come off the birth control pill. He gave me the metformin. Um, the metformin made me very, very sick, um, very nauseated as well. Uh, a lot of diarrhea often, a lot of stomach cramps because it does have a lot of side effects. So um, that is one of the things that I don't like about Western medicine and the reason why I'm so close to taking herbs more than I am taking Western medicine. Um, the side effects that I, I received from taking the metformin was heartburn, a lot of stomach pain, um, nausea and vomiting, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation. Um, I Because of what it does, it did help regulate um, the sugars in my body so that I could lose weight at a regular pace like most, most people do. Um, that is the one good thing, but everything else comes before that weight loss. <laughs> so um, that's what I had, right? So I took the pill for all of a couple days. After a couple days, you know, I didn't really know how fast it, it was going to be Effective. My purpose in doing this was really to regulate and get my body normal because I was in the process of doing a diet to lose weight. So I went ahead and did what my doctor prescribed or had me do, referred me to. I went along with the process, but the pill was so harsh on my body. I stopped taking it. I figured because I stopped taking it that, you know, there was no additional effects, but the pill had already begun to work and I had only taken it two days. I had some intercourse and bada boom, bada bing, a month or so, two went by. I couldn't tell if it was um, the effects of this new medication I was taking that was making me sick or the fact that I was pregnant because I didn't think about being pregnant, right? Until I found out I was pregnant. So I was like, damn, you know, I'm 21, 20, no, 22, 23. And I'm like, what the F, like seriously. This wasn't the purpose of taking the pill, I just wanted to regulate my my body. So there is that, right? A lot of times you hear people, especially if you see it online, talk about their difficulties with getting pregnant. Um, again, I said with giving you the different types, one of the biggest things you'll see online when it comes to anything, any information about PCOS is about how difficult it is to get pregnant. When I began doing a lot of research in regards to health and things of that nature, one of the things that I found out is that our bodies actually respond to being reset, right? Um, and for some people, this may not be true, but um, I have learned that my body responds to being reset, meaning if I do not have a bunch of chemicals in my system, it is easier for my body to respond to me going back on to something that I have not been on, right? So I'll give an example. Probably about six or seven months ago, I felt like I had horrible insomnia, okay? Like I have never experienced it before, but I could not go to sleep to save my own life, like none whatsoever. And I was taking, I went to the store and got me some Aleve PM pills. I think those are the only pills, honestly, that actually helped me go to sleep. They're the only ones that work because I don't take medicines, right? So I took these Aleve PM, but I was at the point where I couldn't sleep. So I'm taking them and taking them, taking them, right? And I got, it got to a point where I literally 
took the pills one day and it had the adverse effect. It literally kept me awake opposed to putting me to sleep. So I knew at that point in time, my body had had too much. So the, that I had to work and I went ahead and worked, but the next day, and I'm off. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna reset my system. So I um, put together this detox that I have and um, I was doing a parasite detox and another detox, detox all chemicals. I wrapped my feet and put my feet into some um, food grade peroxide and some other things in a thing so I could, you know, expel it from my feet as well as drinking um, the detox and expel it through pee and, and other avenues, right? So I detoxed my system. And once I detoxed, I got to another point where I knew that when I got out of work, I was so wired that I wouldn't go to sleep to go to work the next day that I went ahead and took the pills. And I, this is probably about two weeks after doing my detox. And I took the pills and they worked faster than they did the very first time. And I literally only took one. Normally I would take two, but I took one pill and it and it did that to me to put me right to sleep for about six hours. I was out. I knew at that point, because I've done it before, that my body needs to be reset. So with doing um taking medications, Western medications, I feel like it really depends on the individual on what you do or don't do, right? What what you do or don't take. If you're okay with taking thousands and thousands of different medications, hey, to each his own. I just have had the time to research what's best for my body. And with researching, I just... You know, I know that it's something that um, I don't have to do, right? I know that there's other ways around it. So if you look up um, supplements for PCOS, you'll find a lot, right? And again, I'm going to say you have to do this for yourself because everybody is not going to need the same thing. Um, if you are trying to get pregnant or something of that sort, honestly, really do your research because everybody's body is different. Like I said, um, I have PCOS, but I, again, I was diagnosed when I was 2021. 20, um, during, during the same time, I have been dealing with my sisters who have had these abnormal periods forever. My one sister has a lot of pain with her cycle and her cycle can last more than a week. Um... I'd be at the doctor already because I'm not going to deal with no blood for no week. But she had different symptoms. My other sister, she just had a super irregular periods. I don't know. I know she has cramps. Um, but I kept saying, you guys have PCOS. I just kept telling them, you have, I'm, I'm diagnosing them. You got PCOS. You got PCOS. They were like, girl, you just giving us anything. No, okay. Well, they both went to the doctor and they both have it, right? My one sister also has that along with endometri- endometriosis endometriosis and a thyroid problem right so i'm like damn you know they tell you it comes from somewhere weird right so one day i was talking to mom and i just wanted to like get some information from her right and i'm just talking to her and um she said something about having a ton you know having a few miscarriages prior to um my middle sister right and so 
one of the side effects of PCOS is miscarriages. And so I thought to myself, well, damn, it comes from somewhere because I have an aunt with a thyroid issue and, you know, there's just a lot of different things, right? So I'm like, you know, where did it come from? You know, um, if you do different types of research, you'll find out people who have sickle cell, the, their ancestors used to work in rice fields. Now, what rice fields have to do with a person having sickle cell, I have no clue. But there are correlations between different things. I had I wanted to figure out where the hormone disorder came from. It doesn't come from um, the mother. It comes from the father. So one of the things I learned in my anatomy class, which is very interesting, so I'm just kind of going off kilter here, you guys, um, is that if a male has any health issues, that actually comes from their mother. If a female has health issues, it comes from the father, which is interesting, right? So, I'm certain that the male probably didn't have um, a bunch of health issues, but maybe their DNA was more overpowering than the woman's, and that is where these hormone imbalances came from. Honestly, they don't—they don't have a clue where it came from you know they keep saying there's no um cure for it it's just basically learning to live with it and adjust your living habits to be able to maintain the lifestyle that you want um for me right now um again like i said my period has been regular since i had um my son and again i've been pregnant twice i uh the first one i did not carry out but um i didn't have any issue with it i was I, I didn't have any issue with it um, or my son. My son, I just didn't know I was pregnant with him because I didn't know what to look for as far as <laughs> pregnancy symptoms. <laughs> and because I was doing so much, it wasn't a focus. Um, however, I didn't have any help with that. Um, I, again, had taken metformin. I, I stopped it the very first time when I was working on my system at the age of 21. Um, I took it for those couple days, stopped it, came back around to 27 years old, and I was working on losing weight. And so I had talked to um, a lady, and she says, well, first get your hormones balanced. Well, the first thing they tell you to, when you get your hormones balanced is to go get you a prescription for metformin. So I went ahead and did it, even though I know how harsh it is on my body and how horrible it was to take it. I went in my prescription. I took it for a week. I did not take the dosage I was supposed to take for a week because, again, I told you it's 1,500 milligrams three times a day. I would take one pill a day. Breakfast time would be the time I took the pill because I'd be at work. I would swallow the pill, eat whatever I had for breakfast, and bada boom, bada bing, that was it. The pill worked instantly again. And then came my 14-year-old son as he is today. Um... So there's that, right? Uh, I didn't. It, the pill was so harsh on me, you guys. I just really couldn't stick to. I really couldn't stick to it because it was so harsh. So as time has re- progressed, I decided to research medications that I could utilize in the place of ones that they would give you, at your, prescribe you at your doctor's office. So in the place of my metformin, I take berberine. Okay. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I take in the place of my metformin. It actually um, acts the very same 
it does the very exact same thing. Um, I'm just going to give you the name and then you guys can research it on your own. But that is what I take in place of my berberine. The other supplements that I take um, are inositol, which is a progesterone. And if you are suffering from hormone imbalance, you probably have heard of it before. You probably have heard of it with um, D-Charo inositol. Um, that's also a, a good supplement. I have never seen D-Charo sold by itself. I only have seen it sold with the, inos the Myo inositol. Um, so... I do not know what the purpose of the the, the DiCharo is. De, De Charo is. I, um, I have not even read about it. I do know that when I did, well, I had read about it once. I know that when I decided to take a look into it one time, the only thing that I saw was that um, it is an activator in... I want to say, and I don't want to um, say it wrong, so I want to make sure when I tell you guys this exactly what it is. Um, so it's another form of inositol, but it's to balance certain chemicals in the body to help with mental conditions such as panic disorder, depression. Um, it also works to help with your insulin. Now, that's really it, which is also the issue because it, it kind of is like um, the same as myo-inositol. But I believe that D-Charl also helps with the quality of of your eggs so if you are um, if you are trying to have children it really does help with that um, another supplement that I take for my PCOS which uh, is evening primrose oil so they tell you one that when you have PCOS, you should take a lot of omegas, omega-3s. I want you to research on that. A lot of people um, go directly to what they read online. I have like likened to the pleasure of researching the things that I'm suggested to take. Um, I used to watch a lot of Dr. Savi and omega-3s and omega-6s are a couple of the oils that you're kind of suggested to take but I believe omega-6 is better um, but I want you guys to just do your own research magnesium is another supplement that I take people with PCOS they said a long time ago are 19 times more likely to have a magnesium deficiency so it is important to take it uh, vitamin D I, myself and my sisters, we went and had a 60-point test, blood test done. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of that, if you've ever um, thought about doing it, but I, I would suggest it for a person um, because it really was helpful in regards to knowing what was going on with us. Um, it was very, very, like, inf informative. We had, yeah, it was a 60-point test. They tested everything that you could think of things that I didn't even know that you needed to test and 
we received a paper printout with every different level, whether it was normal, too low, or too high. All three of us, like I said, we all three at PCOS had very, very low vitamin D levels. And so um, the physician wrote us a prescription for vitamin D, you know, a medical grade uh, vitamin D. Because you can find them online, but I would suggest if you're looking for vitamin D online to purchase it in a liquid form opposed to a pill form. There are many reasons why I say liquid opposed to pill. Um, When I'm searching for medications, I like to take tinctures opposed to taking pill forms. If you are a person who is um, against certain tastes, you probably won't like tinctures because it is a liquid base, um, but it is a direct source to what you're looking for as far as that supplement, and it instantly uh, works when you're utilizing it opposed to maybe a possible extended release pill or a pill that may take a few weeks to get into your system tinctures work a little faster so i take the vitamin d in a droplet form opposed to taking it in a pill i initially bought a big old big big bottle of organic vitamin d however i didn't know what the difference was between the vitamin d that i was prescribed from the doctor to what i order online right so i decided to just go with the drops opposed to um, testing it out on myself. Uh, the blood test that we took, it, like I said, it gives you everything. It gives you every level that you can think of. I think I had three levels that were um, a little high and a lot of them that are very low. And um, so it was kind of a, a pinpoint on what things to focus on. My cholesterol was normal. Those things were, were pretty normal, right? But um, the certain levels like the vitamin D, which most people think is quote unquote a vitamin as per the name, but it's actually a hormone and it's activated, um, by other systems in your body. And those other systems are activated by sunlight. People, you do, you, um, you can get a low level of vitamin D from the sun. I just, you guys have to research. I'm not going to go into that deeply, but you really need to do your research because the vitamin D or the D hormone is it's actually a hormone opposed to being a vitamin so do your research do your research do your research but these are a few of the things that I take I do take zinc I do take vitamin b6 I take a probiotic that is important for everybody not just for people with PCOS but a probiotic is important for everyone as you get older your gut health becomes um, it decreases in in because of all the different things you go through, the different stresses you put on your body. So you want to make sure that your digestive system is working properly. Um, So I would suggest for anyone to take you a high-numbered probiotic. Again, I said magnesium. I take zinc. Zinc, for me, um, is very, very uh, important. And I'm I'm saying for me because this is one of the things that I take. I am giving it to you guys because I do think um, it is important and again do your own research Um, but people who have PCOS tend to also need the zinc because some of us are zinc deficient So 
So for women, I'm going to tell you that um, zinc can help prevent osteoporosis. Um, especially for those who've gone through menopause. They have had a study that zinc um, intakes in women are linked to lower bone density um, and taking zinc supplements may help decrease bone loss in um, postmenopausal women. It helps your immune system and your metabolism function. It also is a great deal, does a great deal for wound healing. And, and again, I'm saying, I'm, I'm gonna tell you often, do your own research, but um, it is important for wound healing. If you are at a point or if you have had some wounds where it seems like it's taken longer for them to heal, you probably definitely need some zinc in your system. Um, that's one of the things that I noticed off the top. I hurt myself at the beginning of the month, March 2nd, um, to be super exact, I fell on some concrete steps and I put this huge dent in my right leg. And today is April 1st, it is still not healed. And it is because I am zinc deficient. And I have been saying for the past week, I have to get me another bottle of zinc, but I have not done it yet. That's on me because I know that I'm zinc deficient, right? But it is very important for wound healing. So I would suggest, you know, um, as a source, you can get it through like chicken and red meat and some type of fortified breakfast cereals. But if you're not a person who eats any of that, if you don't eat chicken, if you don't eat um, fortified breakfast cereals or red meat to purchase you a supplement, you can find some organic ones at different health stores. Um, you can also, again, buy it in a tincture. From if you have health stores in your area, most cities have at least, you know, somewhere around you one or two that you can find that have those items. Or again, you can probably utilize Amazon and order those things. But um, that is another supplement that I do take. Um, zinc also regulates a woman's cycle, right? So there's a lot of things that regulate our cycles. Um, it also nourishes the ovarian follicles and it promotes ovulation so if you're looking to get pregnant that's another thing that you can make sure you put into your uh, pile of supplements that you take <laughs> i'm gonna say pile because even though i do have um a few things that i do take i don't think that they're like it's like a you know i need a pill bottle or a pill organizer because they're just supplements um in place of western medicines but these are things that i have taken over the course of time that has has helped me um nac you'll probably see a lot about um that's a really good one to take chromium pixelate um i take that pixelate i take that one which helps to um it promotes healthy skin and, and reduces acne. I don't really have acne at all. I think I have large pores. That's just my opinion of myself. I do have um, oily skin, which is so odd. I went to I went to Ulta one time with um, my previous best friend, and we were trying to find us a foundation and a foundation and a primer something that i wasn't into at the time because i wasn't really into makeup right so the lady was you know playing with her skin and she was like okay her skin was dry um 
my skin was oily. Something was like, how my skin oily, but I got like dry flakes on my face. So I would, I would assume that because of the dry flakes on my face that I had dry skin, but she says, no, I have oily skin. And that's the reason why I have the dry, the flakes. They're not actually flakes or like oil patches. I don't know, something like that, right? So I was like, oh, okay. So chromium pic, um, piclinate helps you with that. It also um, prevents weight gain because it attacks the levels of sugar in your body just like metformin does right so these are other supplements that that can be used in place of metformin if you are okay with using that if you take it regularly and you no effects hey keep going with what you're going with um chromium also aids in nutrient absorption so it does help with gut health and making sure you absorb the nutrients in the food that you're actually eating um, it promotes a healthy metabolic rate, reduces cholesterol levels, that sort of thing. Um, vitamin D, I already gave that to you guys, but specifically vitamin D3. Um, it improves menstrual regulation, improves fertility, healthy egg maturation. Um, it helps increase energy, better mood, regulates androgen levels. Androgen is what, for you women who have PCOS, makes that hair grow on your face. Virtuism. Um, so if you're looking for something, vitamin D3, get it. Um, again, a zinc, there's ashwagandha, which is something you probably heard newly over the past couple years. That is really good for those who have PCOS. It helps with your um, to re- reduce your anxiety, depression, um, and lowers your cor- um, cortisol levels, right? Your stress levels, right? So just to tap in, I went to a specialist probably about four or five months ago. And the one thing I learned about, um, you know, PCOS, they say you have a high level of in the male hormone. And when you think about the male hormone, you think that when a man gains weight, they gain a lot of belly, right? So if you have PCOS and you have a big, large stomach or whatever the case is, oftentimes you you might refer to that as that is the male hormone that is being overproduced in your body. However, one of the things that um, is interesting is when I went through this course and had, did a talk and did, you know, had levels drawn, um, cortisol is one of the levels that when you're stressed out, it rises. When it rises, everything that you eat can be attached to um, your stomach. The, your cortisol levels, if they stay lower, helps you to lose that belly fat. So if you're on a rampage to lose weight, maybe you could find you a cortisol supplement um, or take ashwagandha, which helps you lose, um, which helps you lower your cortisol levels to help you maintain or lose that belly fat, right? Um, and it does aid in weight loss and it balances your hormones um, to optimal levels. Um, the NAC that I told you guys about, it improves acne, hair loss, improves insulin levels and sensitivity. It decreases hertuism, which is, again, with the androgen levels, if those are higher, those help you, those make you grow those beards and you know extra things um hair in places you don't want your chest or your back or whatever um it also helps improve ovulation and fertility uh one of the things that i just got on to is something called smooth um it's like a it's a smoothie boost but it's specifically for people who have um, hormone issues so you can probably find it online i don't know exactly I think they have a website, um, 
the smooco.com. I am not advertising for them. It's just something that I'm on. I'm just giving you guys um, some of the things that I have done for myself uh, as a tip to help you with whatever your goal is, whether it's weight loss or it's pregnancy, whatever it is, this is just to help you. Um, the last vitamin that I'm going to give you that or supplement that I take is Vitex. Um, chased tree berry. Now, when I first got chased tree berry, I got it in a tincture. It is so disgusting. I can't explain to you how gross it is. But again, I like the tinctures because of the fast acting where I don't have to wait, you know, a week or so, two weeks for it to actually get into my system after taking two to three pills every day. It is um, the effect that it, it is supposed to have happens rapidly quickly right um tinctures do cost more and you do use more uh, it does seem like it goes faster because a tincture may uh, a chase tree berry is about 11.99 and it's about 30 drops in there and i take two drops a day um so it lasts me about half the amount of time that your 90 90 days worth of pills may last you right um but i do like my tinctures better so um but it's gross. So the few things that I have in tinctures, uh, I do like them. <laughs> I do like buying my tinctures. Um, but again, you know, to each his own. Again, I'm going to suggest you guys do your research, do your research, do your research. Um, do your research. Because when you know exactly um what your body needs when you know what you're missing or when you know the symptoms that come about where they're coming from then you know exactly how to handle what's missing so i strongly suggest that you do your research um pay attention to your body pay attention to your body um because it's 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 important right um one of the other things i want to just give you guys which you probably heard heard a lot over the past i don't know probably a couple years because i literally didn't really hear anything about it uh until uh, a couple years ago is chlorophyll. There's a lot of things in chlorophyll that are beneficial to you if um, you're looking for something that um, it does help with healing wounds, skin care and acne. It does help with weight loss. It does control body odor, odor, which is probably the main reason why you even heard of chlorophyll in the first place was the fact that it helps contain body odor, but it has a ton of different other benefits to it outside of that. Um, it does relieve constipation and gas and it does boost your energy. Um, I do take it again. It's something that's just as nasty as some of the other things, but, uh, I do take it. I have at a point taken it, um, put two, three tablespoons into my smoothie mix and put it together and I didn't taste it. You know, um, I have taken it with just putting it in water. It was disgusting, but I did it. Okay. But it does help. It does. It does help you. Um, if you're over, I think I take about 300 milligrams of chlorophyll daily when I decide to take it because that's not an everyday thing because some of the things that are in it, um, some of the things that are in it, I, I 
also receive in my supplements that I take. So I don't often take it. It's just, you know, if I'm in the kitchen, I'm getting ready to make a smoothie or something, I'll go grab it and put in my little 300 milligrams and go on about my day. Um, I might do that twice a week. I don't do it every day, but um, so far I've been able to maintain what I need to maintain. Um, I'm still working on, you know, certain things that I want to do, like uh, with losing weight, you know, you can't um, pinpoint certain areas you want to lose weight on. You literally have to do, you know, full body or whatever the case is. I'm still working on that part, but I know for the for me, that part mostly is training. So um, the food part, I really do have down. I don't eat red meat anymore. However, what's in red meat I have in my supplements, so I don't really miss it. Um... Yeah, I don't miss it. Uh, yeah. So PCOS, I, for some people, has been a drag. Um, I have not really literally focused on it in that aspect to where I have let it been something, be something that is, you know, pulling me down or depressing me. I kind of just go with the flow and make sure I dig deep into what I need to dig deep into my research. Um, I pay attention to my body because if I don't know my body, I definitely guarantee you somebody telling me at the doctor's office is going, they're going to have their way with me because I don't know. And I'm going to go along with everything they say. So know yourself because when you go to the physician, when you go to the doctor's office, I keep saying this because it is true. And even though I do, you know, work in the field, medicine is a guessing game. And if you honestly don't know that by now, there's something wrong. But medicine is a guessing game. Um, when you study medicine, like, you know, I uh, am in school, right? But when you study medicine, if you go and you look at a book and you're looking at what they have decided based off of certain symptoms, this is the case too. And you probably have seen several different stories where a person has said, I have been being tested for years and years and years and they don't know what's going on with me. It is a guessing game. They can only go by a process of elimination. If this doesn't work, we go to the next thing. If this doesn't work, we go to the next thing. It's it's a guessing game. So, so that no one is guessing on your health, make sure that you are your own advocate. Make sure you know yourself upside down right side up left right and in every circle that you can go so that you are not being utilized as a test dummy some things affect you in ways that you probably would know if you knew maybe the ingredients to your medication or maybe if you read the side effects of the medication, um, the things that, that it does affect. Or maybe if you research ahead of time, if that medication will go with something else that you're already taking. So again, study, research on your own, and know yourself prior to asking the questions you want to ask at the doctor's office or um, going in to try something new or speak about something that you want to try because you've done a little bit of research. Make sure that you know your body. You know what it showcases you when it's missing something or when you lack something. That is the podcast, you guys. I thank you for listening. I know this wasn't so much of an interesting topic, but it's not an interesting topic, however... 
is important, um, especially for my women out there who are suffering from different hormonal issues or if you're suffering from PCOS uh, specifically. I didn't go into any of the other hormonal issues um, and endometriosis or thyroid issues because I do not suffer from those. Um, if that's something that you um, suffer from, I would suggest doing your research on that as well. Um, if you maybe join a group on Facebook or something of that sort and conversate back and forth with other individuals or kind of read some of the things that they post, see if you um, familiarize, if you're familiar with any other symptoms, if, if it resonates with you with maybe what you're going through and maybe, you know, have some dialogue in regards to it so that you can learn maybe the things that you may need to change in regards to either your diet or the medications you take or your exercise habits, you know, anything. But I just, I would suggest to um, do your research. Also, just a suggestion, um, naturopathic doctors are not covered by insurance, right? But um, as I've learned by going to see one, they are very, very beneficial. They are also very costly. Um, because they're not covered by insurance, they do charge the whole amount that you would probably be charged if you were to go into your physician, but your insurance covers it, right? So a regular doctor's visit may be about $357, depends on where you live, because in California, it may be $557. But that amount that your doctor would naturally charge, but you may only have to pay that copay of $35, a naturopathic naturopathic doctor doctor charges you that for that for that visit um so when you go to search for one they may ask you off the top like how much are you willing to spend on your health and if you're someone who wants to only spend about 1500 they're probably going to tell you they're not the way to go so you have to find one that is willing to work with you um Again, also do your research because herbs and information in regards to herbs are everywhere. You can find people who are just um, very qualified and have the information in regards to herbs and get the information that you need in regards to that opposed to going to a naturopathic physician. Uh, But they are beneficial, again, but they are very costly. So that is the end of this podcast. I will be with you guys probably this week with the next episode, which um, I'm excited to record. I think I might do this with Babe, but we'll see. This is um, Love Language, and we're going to talk about it. What's your love, love? What is your love language? So that's the end of episode 13. Thank you guys for listening. I'll be back with you.